Welcome back to the Postdoctoral Teaching and Research Fellowship for Diversity podcast series. Today, Ashley Burton from the Center for Faculty Excellence will be talking with Dr. Maria Natal. Dr. Natal shares her journey through the fellowship and discusses how the fellowship supported her in her goals for writing and for research. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and being with us today and being featured on our postdoctoral fellowship podcast playlist. Um, and to, to jump in, I'm curious about your experience so far with the fellowship and maybe if you can share one of your biggest takeaways so far. Okay, so well, first of all, I was very privileged to have been chosen as the first uh, postdoctoral fellow in the public health uh, program for research and teaching. Mm -hmm. um, initially, uh, I really wasn't clear on what I was going to be expecting, but everyone really took my hand. I went through the leadership uh, training for faculty, which was amazing because it helped me learn Blackboard from the other end. Mm -hmm to the side I knew as a student. Mm -hmm. um, I graduated from Walden University. I got my PhD as well as my master's in nursing. Oh, wow. I didn't University. know that. Yes. Nice. So I feel like I practically grew up there. Yeah. Um, and so again, it was quite a privilege. Um, one of my biggest takeaways from the fellowship was the amount of support that I received from all the individuals that are part of the postdoctoral fellowship and beyond. Nice. I can honestly say that I can call on anyone and they will help me if they don't have the answers. My mentor is Dr. Peter Anderson. He has been extremely supportive, encouraging, He's an amazing listener, and he has also helped me with my um, writing, uh, which was one of my goals. Nice. My goals with the postdoctoral fellowship program was to really focus on getting some manuscripts published. Mm. Um, because I graduated in 2017, and life got in the way. Mm -hmm. And I had not had an opportunity to publish, and that was a real priority for me. Okay. Um, right now, I'm also teaching, so that's also very enjoyable. I'm enjoying uh, interacting with the students. Um, they're loving the interactions as far as the feedback that I'm getting from them. And I try to... Uh, mentor them as much as I possibly can. Nice. What an online instructor should do. Yeah. Yes. So you're still in the fellowship. Yes. I am still in the fellowship. Um, at the end of this year, I'll be done in okay. November. Um, and I'm hoping that that will open up some doors. At sure. Um and that I can continue teaching and engaging in research. Yeah, okay. And, and I was gonna ask what 
um, what are some of the doors you hope that could be open after the after your fellowship ends? So I would love to be able to have an opportunity as a faculty member at Walden, mm -hmm. um, where I'm teaching at the doctoral level, mm -hmm. and where I can also take advantage of a lot of the professional development opportunities sure. that are offered for faculty, as well as some of the grants and um, to mentor the students, mm -hmm. Uh, through their doctoral journey. Sure, nice. That's a nice way to kind of give back, especially after you've just completed yours not too long ago. So yes. help while it's fresh too. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So today we're talking about social, your social change contribution through your research. Um, and that, even for me as a current doctoral student with Walden, you know, we hear that in every class. It's, it's, you know, it's Walden's mission and there's no way to really forget that as a student. Um, and so it's, it's really a foundation to uh, your dissertation or your capstone as well. So um, what does social change mean to you and how has the fellowship helped you to further your commitment and contributions to social change? So, um that's a great question and I appreciate your asking it. Um, social change means to me, it's a collective um, way that we as, whether we're PhDs, masters, prepared, um, you don't even really have to be at a, a high level of learning. Um, is it's really the collective power to transform human interactions mm -hmm. over time. Um, it takes into account the values and the beliefs of the individuals that you're dealing with. And um, I think it's a very important mission that anyone, especially at the PhD level, um, should have. Yeah. Uh, it's a means of giving back um and hopefully changing behaviors to the better i'm a nurse by trade so i've been a nurse over 35 years and so i also think of social change not only from a public health perspective mm -hmm. but also from a perspective of health in general mm -hmm. and health outcomes and health equity um and access to to services for individuals. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, one of the one thing you said that really piqued um, piqued my interest was transforming human interactions. And there's a lot that goes on in the world. Um, so many nonprofits form to address a lot of the things that happen, and um, you know, individuals who just have a care about some things that happen, whether it's in their professional field or in their local communities or global communities. Um, and, and I think about, you know, humans as being the change agents for those things happening. I mean, a lot of the social problems that are there, are out there, are partially as a result of us humans and can be fixed by us humans. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that just kind of stuck out to me. And I'm really interested to hear about your research now and 
for you to tell us about your research project and its impact on social change too. Absolutely. So um, let me just start with my, um, I'll just give you a, a brief overview of my dissertation because yeah. um, that was something that was very meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a very underprivileged area mm -hmm. in New York City and I did my research. Uh, my dissertation was done in an area near where I grew up where there was a lot of intimate partner violence. And uh, my research study, uh, the dissertation was on the effects of intimate partner violence, the perceptions, excuse me, of Puerto Rican women on how intimate partner violence affects their children. And um, that was very, very important to me. And I have to tell you that from a social change perspective, I knocked on doors all the way up to the mayor's office to combat domestic violence mm -hmm. I, with them. I was able to disseminate my research to them. Um, one of the things that I found out was that um, while there are resources out there for women who have children who have been exposed to domestic violence, um, the resources that these participants wanted were non-domestic violence related. They wanted activities for their children where they could get out and play soccer and, and do different things that wouldn't remind them of the experience that they had. Yeah. And um, that was something that was very important for me to take back to the mayor's office to combat domestic violence because, you know, they get funding and, and these are programs that are needed um, in order to help children become more resilient um, over time because we know that. Um, something like domestic violence or being a witness to it um, has very bad adverse health effects mm -hmm. and effects as well. Yeah. So, um, from a social change perspective, I did see disseminating the research, bringing more awareness to the issue um, as an important part of my dissertation. The other thing um, I just finished, and I actually did a, uh, a presentation uh, with the research symposium, mm. was a project that I worked on with Dr. Richard Jimenez, as well as Dr. Hatway. Uh, Dr. Richard Jimenez was my chair for my dissertation, and a year later, he contacted me and invited me if I wanted to attend, uh, assist, and work with him on this research project, awesome. the Wilson Award, um, and I was very flattered that he thought of me. Yeah. Um, so this project was geared towards um, online doctoral Asian and Latinx students and their lived experiences. And we know that society is changing and demographics have been changing for years and they're going to continue to change. Yeah. And we as a society and in terms of a social change need to find ways to attract 
racial and ethnic minorities to enter into doctoral programs. And the literature out there is very sparse in terms of what's important to them. What are their lived experiences? Mm -hmm. So um, the social change aspect of this project was really to hear from them directly um, in terms of what are the resources they need, what are the resources they use most often, um, how can we provide them with those resources so that we can then decrease attrition rates mm -hmm. and increase retention. Um, and a lot of it was they wanted more interactions, especially in an online environment. It's really all that you make of it, mm -hmm. um, but they want more interactions with um, the faculty, even though they, they praised the faculty at the universities that we did the research on, on at. Um, but they would like more face-to-face -face interactions. Sure. Um, and not that they want that all the time because right. on the other end, they love the flexibility mm -hmm. of getting online and doing their work and being able to work or, you know, um, juggle their family responsibilities because you know, they're mostly adults. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I, uh, dis we discovered was that, um, you know, we're a very individualistic society here, our culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you think of some other cultures, they're not that way. They're very collective. Right. So um, it's an adjustment for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of the reason that they want uh, more interaction is because of their cultural background of collectivism. Mm. So the social change aspect of this project, again, was to try to meet the needs to try to attract um, individuals that represent what our society is looking like in the very near future and already. Correct. Um, because that's important to, I talk as a nurse, especially to patients. They want to be able to interact with someone who understands them, who knows their language, who understands their culture, um, and not that you have to be of the same culture in order to do that, but it's helpful to the patient. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many kudos for you. Not that I'm, I'm even needing to give them to you, but I personally want to give them to you. Um, your topic, your research topic, and also kudos to you for taking it to the mayor's door. And one question that I had when you were speaking was, you know, what do you do with the, with the results of your study? You know, you, you've, you have this passionate topic, you go after it, you find all this literature, um, and, and you get the results and then, and then what, you know, hopefully somebody will read it, but, you know, I think it's, it's amazing, you know, to be able to continue to take action again in your community, um, and with those people who can be directly impacted by, 
uh, gaining the information that your study is a reputable, yes. guided, professionally guided study. Um, yes. You know, to make an impact in your community. But yeah, just really taking the results of your study and, and bringing them to somewhere where impact can potentially be, ma be made um, on behalf of the, the participants in your study. Um, that's amazing and it's inspiring to hear that. Well, thank you very much. I mean, I, I did go to a lot of the larger organizations um, and the mayor's office uh, for my dissertation. They did provide um, feedback on the survey instrument that I used. You know, it was a semi-structured uh, instrument and they voluntarily I had three content experts review and provide feedback on how I could make it um, better uh, for the participants. And um, with the, of course, wanting me to come back with the results, which I did. And one of the things I also did was I investigated what's out there for this community. Mm for the kids and for the moms. That's not so domestic violence related. That's free because they were underprivileged women. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the finances to go out and pay. And so again, providing them with whatever resources I could find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I so as a result of that, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I also see social change in terms of you know, what you do for the community from a volunteer perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really important. And um, so one of the things I do is I, I am a tutor in the South Bronx where I grew up mm -hmm. um, and I help with fundraising. Um, it's an organization, it's a nonprofit organization that offers free tutoring services they feed the children after school meals. Mm -hmm. They help them with their college applications and they integrate soccer as a reward. Oh. So it's 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 great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I was just gonna add that I can see why um Deepa and your chair might have highlighted you to be the one we wanted for this topic because we decided this topic months ago. We just didn't know who would be the person to interview. And again, social change is the mission. And I, I think as we pursue our doctoral studies, that is the goal. But I think there's a difference between doing research based on social change and being a change agent. And I believe that you are a change agent in your community and maybe we need to retitle this to becoming a change agent through your <laughs> dissertation research um but but again just my kudos to you and you um and and i, I hope that others are inspired by hearing you speak about this because i believe this is this is the type of stories walden wants to hear and wants to know that their graduates are going out and doing exactly what they do even more so because of the type of institution we are, we're online, 
we're a for-profit institution. And so there's all these pieces that go into, you know, how individuals externally might look at Walden as a system, but then mm -hmm. there's individuals like you, you know, I could be doing my own case study through every podcast experience I have. And these are the types of, um, this is the type of information that's being shared to me. So I'm, like you said, you kind of grew up with Walden. And so you have a certain perspective of Walden. You've, you've been here, you're still here. Um, and hopefully you'll be here in the future, but you're doing the work. Um, and not that you're this person because of Walden, but again, you're still doing the work that I, that Walden and others can be really, really proud of and inspired by. So uh, I'll get off my soapbox about you now. But, um, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, I, I just feel like it's important for, I, I tell, I have an 18 year old son and I tell him never forget where you came from. Yeah. You didn't come from where I came from, but, right. um, but, and always give back. So, yeah. um, that, that's my model. That's what I live by. And, um, I have done a lot throughout my career to help others better themselves. And that is something that I will do until I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Awesome. I, will, I will do it forever. Good, good. Yeah. That's your mission. Yes, exactly. Shifting back a little bit to the fellowship, um, are there any tips uh, that you would give to new fellows uh, who are either new to the fellowship or interested in the fellowship? Okay, so absolutely. I would say to them um, to take advantage of those opportunities. Fellowships are an amazing experience. It just gives you more confidence. It gives you the skills you need if you want to get into academia. It, it just takes you to another level. Um, so I would highly encourage that, that they take advantage and apply for fellowships. Um, and in terms of those individuals who are part of the fellowship program, use their resource, mm -hmm. resources. Yeah. Um, these are seasoned faculty members who know their stuff. They're there to support you. Um, even for me, as I was writing manuscripts, um, I looked to my mentor, Dr. Anderson, and I would send him the abstract and he'd read it and send it back. And, you know, we'd kind of go back and forth a little bit or shoot some ideas out at him on our one-to-one -one conversations uh, because I needed a little bit more guidance and, and he, he provided it. He provided it and Deepa has been amazing. And I know we now have a new um, director of public health, of the public health program. Okay. I've not had an opportunity to meet with her. Nice. Overall, it's just a very supportive environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I always, I always hear great things about the fellowship, uh, and particularly the support systems that surround the fellows. So that's great to know. Mm -hmm. um, and so lastly, for any new fellows uh, that are going into the fellowship, 
what would you say to them in regards to uh, or, or current PhD students, what would you say to them uh, who are developing social change project and looking to make an impact? You know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I work as a nurse educator. I've been a nurse educator for many, many years. And um, as the director where I worked previously, you know, I would always say that the project picks you. You don't pick the project. Mm. Um, it's almost like you already have an idea of what it is you want to research and how that will impact social change. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that you have to be passionate about. Mm. And, um, you know, consider, you know, what's important to you. And definitely, again, use your resources in terms of, you know, how you can best impact social change, uh, depending on the topic that has chosen you. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. I like that ending. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Natal. This was a pleasure for me. It's been a blessing to speak with you, learn from you, and hear from you.